Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Gestalten Podcast. My name is Martin Groschwald and I would like to welcome you all and of course my guests to this week's episode. And uh, my guest for this week is the probably very well-known design educator from the University of Pforzheim in Germany, uh, Mr. Lutz Fügener. Lutz, welcome to the show and thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, yes. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I wanted to do this for a very long time already, and we've been obviously talking about this. And now with, let's say, the unfortunate situation of the coronavirus, we had a little bit of time to to squeeze it in. So I do appreciate that very much. Um, but for the people that don't know you, obviously, you're one of the main design educators in, uh, you know, not just in Germany, but in, in the industry when it comes to transportation design. But could you give our listeners a little bit of a background of where you came from, how long you've been in the job already, so that they can, they can put a little bit of more info to your voice in that regard? Okay, yes. Um, let's try to make it short. I'm uh, coming from, the, from an industrial design background. And, um, but, uh, all my life I was specializing in transportation design topics and this is what I always wanted and how I started. And so my way just to make it short was I started not, uh, studying design. I started studying engineering and I did it for two years and it was, uh, in the eighties and coming from East Germany and was in a huge university, uh, technical university in Dresden. And so I finished my first two years uh, engineering and um, I never regretted that, uh, that I did this. So I have sometimes a little bit more background um, uh, me mechanical engineering and so on. It's never wrong to have it in design. And then I switched to design and uh, it was a, um, it, it has been moved times anyway because it was 1989 exactly when uh, this political things happened, the war came down and so on. And this was exactly the point when I started to study design. West Point, because the whole world changed. And if you're a designer, you're not afraid of changing. So you always uh, look forward to changes because you can be part of changing, part of designing things. And so I studied industrial design. And um, during my studies, I was specializing in two things. The first was uh, transportation projects. And the second was um, a design process, digital design process. These uh, two things I was specializing in. And then I started my job. Um, and I, within the last year, so I, I did my, uh, of studying, I started to do a job. So I had to do my thesis in the evening always because I was working on a, on a huge project. My first huge project was the S-Bahn in Berlin. So the rapid trains in mm -hmm. the new version the 481 version. And I was, uh, as a student, more or less, I was responsible for the whole digital project and design. Um, a big thing for me that days and um, it worked. And then I became partner of a design studio, an existing one. Uh, now the name of the studio, it, it changed is Studio uh, FT, uh, like an F, uh, like um, uh, NNT, Friedrich and, and Theodore. And uh, I'm still uh, a senior manager of the studio, and we are specializing in transportation. And one of our, of our big biggest customers are bus uh, uh, manufacturers. And but we are doing uh, a lot of things: sports cars and uh, environmental friendly uh, mobility and ideations and things like that. 
And how did you then, when, when you obviously do that on the, let's, I don't want to say professional side, but on the more hands-on side, how did you get to become a teacher? Oh, yeah. And how did you become an, an educator? Yeah, okay, without this point, yes, <laughs> this was exactly what you have been asking for. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, so I applied for this. Uh, it, it was offered in, in uh, the end of 1999, the position here in um, transportation design in Fordham, and, and obviously it was an attractive thing for me to do, and so I decided to apply for it, and finally it worked, so I got this uh, professorship here in Fordham. Uh, it was move times because nobody was here that days, and uh, so I had to take over the course and, and care for it. And so I right away became the, the head of the, of the course, of the bachelor's course. And this is what I'm still uh, doing here. And I have a, a wonderful colleague, uh, um, Professor James Kelly. He was absent when I entered here. So he did a, a small uh, turn into industry and uh, came back here to, to our place. And it's a um, wonderful thing. And so he's caring about the master's course and I, as a managing director, and I'm caring about the bachelor's course since 2000. So that's been about 20 years now. <laughs> and obviously through, through these 20 years, I think the, the development and the, the change, especially within transportation design has been, has been absolutely massive. So if, and then, you know, obviously I, I don't think we have time to go into like a three hour conversation on this question now, but just in a, in a short summary, what do you, what do you think is the state of car design education globally, but also maybe like European wide at the moment compared to when you were, when you started? Yes. I, I don't know if I can totally agree to, to your, to what you said, uh, because uh, when we look back uh, to the last two decades, and this is exactly what we are talking about, the time when I was part of it around us and let's say in car or mobility industry let's let's call it like this not so many things changed i have to say so if i if i look back of course we constantly worked on future projects and everything and we have seen a, a, a lot and, and masses of wonderful new things but if you see the cars on the road then you have to say that within the last uh, uh, 20 years um, the cars did not change fundamentally so we did not see fundamental new concept. The cars became, or the mobility with cars, so became better and better, of course. If you look into the details, so the cars became more powerful, the quality, the safety, um, all the things grew up and all the, all the things improved. And so the cars are much better than the cars before. But you can put, you can use the same uh, system to use a car since, let's say, 50 years right now. And if you want to point out a fundamentally new concept, um, then you hardly find one within the last 20 years, which really broke through to the market. You could, we can talk about the new SUE things, but is an SUV a new concept? No, no, it's just a development of an existing, or let's say a combination between off-road cars and, and uh, brakes or whatever. Or if you say, um, if you could see the smart car, the, the, the tiny smart car, Mercedes as a new concept because it's a reduced, uh, it's a reduced length of the car and so on. But fundamentally, we did not do anything. We, we, we always worked on making things better. And so if I say we, I talk about the whole industry. Um, mm -hmm. And all the brand new and all the wonderful concepts we have seen uh, never made it uh, to the road. And so from my point of view, it's a little bit a pity because a lot of in 
ideas have been wasted that days. And now we are entering a new time. Uh, and the, the whole industry is entering a new time without wanting it sometimes, but it happened. So we, we all know the different reasons. So times changed, electricity is coming, we had the diesel gate, how they call it in Germany, and so on. And so the world is changing anyway. And transportation is changing anyway. Uh, climate change is a big issue, and so on. And so we are now facing changes. And for a designer, this is a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're now in a job, it always depends on um, who you're working for, uh, uh, with which company you are strongly connected. And if you are in a good position, it can be a wonderful time for you because now you are asked to do the real new things. But it can be that you're a little bit in trouble because your company is coming in trouble. So do you think in terms of an educational perspective, if we compare it because you come from an engineering background uh, originally as well, and if we look into... Um, engineering, if we look into aerospace, uh, there's a lot of money that's being put into the, the educational, the research side that is then in the results of this money coming into the universities that being used into an actual, you know, day to day activity. And if that is for NASA, if that is for, you know, other companies doesn't really matter, but, um, we don't necessarily see that through design or at least maybe not in transportation design. Do you think that's a problem of maybe the universities as a whole in terms of how they want to take on their responsibility on a greater level? Do you think it's a problem or, you know, a challenge for car companies to, you know, give these or like such projects out to universities to really experiment with them and then translate them into the real world? Or how do you think, you know, this, this, this mix of education in design or transportation design and the industry is going to move forward to actually use these changes that we have at the moment for a better, for a better world? This is, this is exactly the biggest question I have to ask myself all the time right now, because I've seen, I've seen a lot of advantages, um, um, because of the changes around me. But, um, the question is for me, uh, how do, do I have to change the education, the curriculum? Um, and how do I have to change it? Um, I, I'm, I'm convinced that I have to change it, but it's, um, so the fix we are in, or I'm feeling being in, is right now that um, we ha- I have to do two things. I have to make the students uh, able, after they left our house, able to uh, earn money with what we teach them. So from the first day, and this is what uh, um, students coming from Pforzheim are known for, that you uh, they make profit from the first day. So you don't have to re-educate them or go on educating. With sometimes with students, I heard from other schools, they can sit down and just work. And so they have to know about the daily business. And the daily business is a conservative business still now. So everybody's talking about uh, electrified cars and all these kind of things. But this is not the majority they are doing right now in the studios. And this is not, uh, these are not the products that people buy. The people talk about it, but they don't buy it right now, not in, in major amounts. And so I have to make it possible that they can just do their job, their daily job. On the other hand, I have to care about that uh, within the next 30 years, or let's say 35 or 40 years, they are doing the job. When I when I left the planet, they, has, they still have to be able uh, to use their education or let's say uh, the, the roots of their education. Now you have to re-educate yourself all the time, but... Uh, the roots of their education, uh, uh, use it in, 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 uh, uh, in several decades and, and, 
so it's always a problem with with designers, and this is what we would we get as a feedback from from uh, important people in design in the car industry. It's always an issue that uh, you cannot uh, go on educating your designers. So they are not really concepts where they put a lot of money and that they say, for instance, we send our designers uh, uh, two weeks or let's say four weeks a year to get them educated at the newest technologies in design or whatever. This is not happening. And so um, uh, the fundament uh, you are you're bringing from your school has to be a good fundament. Otherwise you will be lost. And so, um, and this, this, um, distance between these two points or these two points of gravity from my point of view is getting bigger and bigger. So there's a tension between the points. You can see it's like a rubber band between it. And so the tension is going, uh, to be bigger and bigger. And, um, and this is what I'm constantly thinking about. How do I have to balance it? And uh, sometimes we have, and the feedback is always, it depends on what the people from industry giving us a p- feedback are coming from, but what background. So if I, if I ask them, what do you think, what do our students need in the next times? And if they're coming from a serial design background, they say, okay, they have to know their, their craftsmanship, design craftsmanship. Otherwise we cannot accept it. And others come coming from, from advanced project design and say they have to think as far as possible. And this is, this is a feedback we get, and it's interesting. But I have to, I have to bring it down to to a curriculum, and so it's it's an um, it's a big thing to do right now for us. So how is that in in regards to finding the students? I mean, you know, obviously Pforzheim is one of the most prestigious uh, universities, especially when it comes to transportation design, not just in Europe, but in in on on the entire planet. So when you have all these directions from from the industry that come, you know, as you mentioned, from advanced all the way to, to the production process. How do you select the people? How do you select the students? I mean, like, you know, is there, uh, maybe like a yearly change is where you have the feeling like, you know, when they graduate in about three to five years time, depending on they're doing a master's, that's more the direction that we are, we, we, we would like to put out into the industry more advanced or, um, you know, more 3D based or more clay based or what, how, how do you select the people? Um, and how, what kind of feedback do you get from the selection process year in, year out from the industry? And, you know, uh, obviously, do you sometimes ask yourself the question of, oh, maybe, maybe we've selected, uh, not always the right people for the, for the positions we have here? Yes. Yes. Uh, good question. Yes. In, in, in cases and special cases, you always have the, uh, uh, have the impression, okay, this selection was not right, but, uh, generally spoken, it's okay. It's working. The problem is or the fact is that the result is for our education is or we can uh, we can evaluate it by seeing if these students get a job or not and what they are doing after they got a job do they keep the job uh, how they are competing uh, do they uh, climb up in the hierarchies uh, do they are developing their careers and so there's a delay between uh, between the decision we take to take a person in our course and then um, after we can find out if we did it right or wrong. Um, so and we have to live with this delay. So I'm not complaining about it, but this is a fact. What we are doing, we try to keep it as open as possible. And so we don't try to find people who are really educated in doing, let's say, alias models or in doing, doing concepts, new design concepts or things like that. What we want to know, and it's really simple, if students or if, if applicants come into our house and applying for the course, we want to know 
The first is if there are if they have ideas. So if if transportation, all the things about transportation is really a thing of their heart and not only of their mind. Uh, not only cars, just so uh, because if if it's not a thing of your heart, you have you should do something else or whatever. So it's a hard time you have to go through. And we try to find this out. And the second is, and this is really, and this is what we prove, is if they are able to communicate by a sketch, by a pencil in their hand. So we are not looking at the new technologies when we do this application process. Um, because um, the pencil in your hand is the shortest connection from your brain to the paper or to, to, to showing something or do a note of an idea. And sketching is not only bringing something down to paper to show it to others. It's just thinking in 3D. And this is what we find out. If, if this is for them a, a language they can speak, not perfectly, but they can speak. And uh, we are not asking them to do designs if we do this application here. So it's not a secret I'm, I'm talking about. So we never ask people in this process, design a new thing. No, we just ask them to do sketches of things, short sketches, uh, uh, sketch things you imagine, uh, sketch things you can see there, we put uh, into the classroom and so on. And if their language is our language, then the, a big step um, uh, up to the, uh, up on the leather to come into our house um, is managed. And then all the other things you can learn. And uh, what we what we always want is that then the students within, uh, when they come here from the first project, they influence mm -hmm. each other. So they are not sitting home. Okay, now it's a bit different in our corona times <laughs> here. But they're not sitting home. They're sitting in our school. There's a table for everybody. There's a, there's a wall for everybody. They're sketching, putting it to the wall and see what the others are doing. And so they're influencing each other with, with sketches, uh, with uh, technologies, with ideas about transportation. They're talking, they're searching uh, the internet for things. And this works between, not only between students and the bachelors. It, it works between masters and bachelors because it's a small house here. This is what we try to find out. So our common language, this is the only thing we use to pick our uh, our students. Do you think it has, been, has become much more difficult since social media has come into the lives of the young people of everybody pretty much? Because when... when I'm on Instagram, when I'm on Behance, when I'm on LinkedIn, like, you know, all these kind of tools that we can use nowadays, you're almost being bombarded with sketches. I don't want to even want to say ideas, just with, with, with the sketches. So is, is there a kind of a pre social media and post social media quality of the students because they can just soak up so many more things? I mean, you know, back in the day, it was difficult to get the sketches. Now it seems like you get a new sketch every single day. Uh, you know, you have people like Sasha Silipanov, you know, being almost and, and, and Daniel Simon being superstars on Instagram because of their sketches. Um, is, is that a, a good or a bad influence? And how does it make your life more difficult than selecting the students and not just, And I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but not just selecting copycats. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, of course. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> Daniel Simon was my first student when I started here in the, in October 2000. One of the students sitting in front of me the first day was Daniel Simon. It was funny. Yes, a good guy, really good guy. Okay. Um, yes, the question, I can understand this question. And I'm, I'm, oftenly thinking about would I like to be in the shoes of the of the students today? Okay, everybody wants to be younger, but 
But the world changed, and this is right. But there are positives about it and negatives. And I guess the balance between the positives and negatives, if you compare to 20 years ago, the balance is right. So things change, but it's not getting worse, not getting better. It's getting different. This is how we have to see it. Of course, you can find a lot of things. And, and uh, you made a difference between ideas and sketches. And this is really important that you did it because this is a huge difference. Uh, everybody can do this kind of Photoshop thing. So you can learn how to do it. And, and it's a lot of, it's Photoshop often is used or often is used to hide things, not to show things, to hide things. So there's just an like advertisement. There's an impression of a car, an impression of a form or something like that. And people like to do it because there's a, there's an aesthetic about it and I can understand it. But if it comes to ideas, then it's not, so, it's not so much. There are not so many ideas outside there. So imagine the situation you are in if you are facing uh, a project. So if you are giving a project to the students, it's never the expected one. This is always what we don't want. And so you come to an unexpected project and then you have to, and then you can do, do things. The first thing is you take, um, you, you search the internet. You, you take a computer, search the internet. Can I find things about it? So solutions. Of course, you have to do your research. This is always research what's what's happening around this theme I'm working on. But you can look for solutions of, from other designers. Of course, you can do it. And the second is you take your pencil in your hand and you start to sketch. And uh, the ones with the pencil in their hand just starting to sketch will always be in front, always. Because no solution you can see there is really fitting. Not, so it can fit a bit and it can give you maybe a direction or an idea about a form, about a proportion or whatever. But it's never hitting the nail on the head. And so it always comes and you have to learn it. So the, the students try this way and that way, okay, of course. But they learn if I, if it's coming from me, if I generate, uh, the, the solution or the, the, um, uh, let's say the ideas uh, to solve the problem, I'm much faster then. And I can, I can really point it out. I can really point out the, the good things, the good ideas. Otherwise, I have to reuse things. And it's a lot of work and and uh, a huge amount of things. So if, if there would be one platform where you can just grab uh, things, uh, um, then it could be unfair, yes. But it's so huge. There's, it's a, a whole lot of shit around there. And you have to pick out the good things. And it's a lot of work. And you have to be safe about what you pick. So if you're not educated, if you have, have no uh, um, references, so in your mind, you cannot really choose what's good or what's bad about it. And so you have to learn it. And, and the students are clever. They find out that it's must, must uh, the best, easier way. Do it on your own and then try to find out uh, later on, possibly, uh, and it can always happen that you have an idea and the idea is existing. But this, it's not an issue for me. So we are educating. And if there is a good idea and you have the same idea, but you, you generated the idea by yourself, what's wrong about it? And the second is, and just the last sentence about it, it's always good to public things because if you public things, you make it safe. You public it, you write your name on it, and so everybody knows about it. And if will be published a second time, then the people know, oh, this is a fake. And so there, there are positive things about publicing, uh, publishing 
uh, ideas and saying okay and, and put your name on it and say this is my idea doesn't this entire like you know social media and like you know I'm, I'm playing a little bit devil's advocate here but isn't doesn't doesn't the social media put a lot of pressure on what is expected from the student nowadays because i i had a conversation recently um which was if you're a designer and your customer, even if it's the internal customer, is not a designer, they expect it's easy to do what you see, you know, because like in a sketch or like in a 3D model, because you can see it everywhere nowadays. It's like, you know, in it's an it's an uh, auto car. It's in like, you know, any kind of car, public, you know, uh, public publication. There's a sketch somewhere, you know, you can go on, on online, Instagram and all these things. There's always a sketch. So... Do you think it, you know, it really puts a lot of pressure on the student to to deliver something like that? Yes, yes, of course. There's truth in what you're saying. Um, uh, okay, it, it hardly happens that um, the customer who is not designer, uh, you talked about like this, yeah. uh, is, is um, complaining about it and saying, okay, what you're doing is, is not impressing me because the whole internet is filled with it. And um, so there's an easy way to solve this problem. And, and this is the way my, my colleague, uh, um, James Kelly, would do. He would put the pencil in, in his hand and say, okay, it's so easy, just do it. Yeah. But this is not happening. This is not what you're talking about. You're talking about that um, there's an, it's uh, just a pressure existing, but it's not, it's not outspoken. It's just there. Yeah. And, and of course, of course, this, this can be an issue um, for a student, especially if you cannot um, if you have not the experiences to find out how much uh, idea or how much work is put into this or that project, the problem is not that we have not we have now a lot of good ideas. The problem is that if there's a good or not so good idea in the world, it's visible for you. This is a problem. So the, the amount of ideas is not growing, but you can see everything if you if you uh, uh, search for it, uh, you can find it out, and. Of course, you have to relate, you have to learn, and this is what we have to care, we, we have to help the students about, is to relate their work to what they can see around them. Um, and this possibly has been easier uh, uh, 20 years ago because you have not been so, um, so let's say, impressed by all the things around you. Mm. But... Um, but now it's, there's, there's a positive about it that if you say, okay, everything is available, then you have an overview. Um, you, you can do a research. If you have a good idea, you can do a research and can find out if this is an origin, uh, you decide, uh, you decided to do, or this is not. And, um, on the other hand, um, uh, if there's access for you, there's access for everybody. So what happens sometimes, uh, with applicants that they apply, with a, with a portfolio and we can, we find sketches in the portfolio. We know these sketches are copied mm -hmm. and we, we know the, exactly the name, uh, because we know the guys, uh, the sketches are copied from. So you can never be sure that if you do something like that, that, uh, other people cannot find out that you cheated. So, and so the only thing or the only issue or the biggest issue is that you have to cope with this problem to not be, to not be impressed of pe what people are doing. Mm. But you named, for instance, Daniel Simon. And it's interesting that there's, that there's a lot of work out there, but still the people know this man. So he is not drowning into them, into the ocean of things because he's, st he's standing out. And the only reason he's standing out is quality. And, um, 
the the difference between uh, doing things and doing things with high quality uh, if you really prove it. So not on first view, not high quality uh, uh, illustrations, high quality design to to get an uh, the ability to make this difference. This is what we have to help them to to be educated in. And um, this is this changed, of course, but it's possible. Yes. There's something on my mind that I, you know, like I've been I've been thinking about actually for a long time that goes along with this quality perspective. Um, obviously, looking looking back, let's say 15, 20 years, um, the the amount of schools that were teaching, in particular, <clears throat> transportation design. Was rather limited, yeah, like you know, especially on the highest levels. Uh, you had Fortsheim, you have Art Center, um, you have the RCA, and then there was a lot of <clears throat> a lot that didn't, you know, there was a lot of a lot of other schools out there as well, but they never on the same the same quality point. Now there's a lot of schools now in China. There's a lot of schools in the US that want to break into this kind of area, um, and a lot of these schools are charging. A lot of money um, for for these courses as well, and I don't necessarily want to put it onto the money. But uh, what I want to say is, is is the the quality of the students just because of the sheer amount of new universities or new un or universities that go into colleges and you know want to go into into transportation and mobility design? Does that actually help? Because that you know the amount of people just equals that there's more better people or does it also mean that let's say you have way more people that have maybe not the required skills to actually go onto those levels and become designers or 3d modelers or you know work within the car design industry and literally just fall down and in the end the only thing that they have done is they've given the university quite a bit of money to to survive but it's not necessarily about the quality anymore so is is this kind of development something good? Is that something bad? Or is it almost like indifferent because no matter where you would have gone in the past, the best ones would have survived anyways? Of course, the answer is it always depends on, on what side of the rifle you're standing. And uh, of course, it can it is an issue that, um, that uh, all over the world they found out that people want to pay. So it's a dream. They're fulfilling a dream. So car design... Being a car designer, or let's say a transportation designer, can be a dream and like a fashion designer. So, and this is obviously if there's a market, so if people wanting it and, and the parents uh, want to pay for it, then it can be a business case. And if there's a business case, people try to do it. And there's nothing wrong. I cannot complain about it. And like I told you before, uh, to prove it right or wrong, what you're doing in the education, it's always, you always get this information when it's too late mm. for the student or for the formerly student. And from my point of view, or the question, or let's translate the question in a simple, in a simple sentence, or this is part of the question. Can buy money good design? Good design in case of design education. Mm. I would say yes and no. And, um, and this is what calms me a little bit that there are positives and negatives about both systems. Um, we have people coming from, from the, from the big schools in the United States or in, in, in Great Britain coming to us, um, because they, they made their experiences and then they decide to come over to us to, because of several reasons. So I'm not, I'm not saying that these schools are worse or better. I say they are different and uh, of course, there, uh, there's an, um, uh, a positive in our school. Uh, the fees are really low. So you don't have to pay 
fee if you're coming from Germany or if you come from abroad, you have to pay, I guess, 1,500 uh, euro a semester right now. And uh, if you compare it to other countries, to other schools, uh, so it's not a lot. Mm. Uh, and it's it's a positive thing. Negative thing is, of course, that uh, we have not so much money to spend like other schools have. Mm. Uh, and um, this uh, now in these times where we uh, where you have to change things, you have to buy um, uh, in high frequency new technology like computers and all these kind of things. It can be. Uh, a misadvantage for us. Uh, and so it's more or less balanced like it always was. I would like to have more money, but uh, I like to be um, a part of a state school because mm-hmm. we can take our pick out of the applicants like we want. So it's mm-hmm. not, so the people can apply even if they have no money. So no, not a wealthy background. So if they have the dream and if they're really good, really talented, we will pick these guys and then um, there are mechanisms, uh, financial mechanisms, not like in the US or like in, in Great Britain, but of course you can be supported by state um, uh, with money that you can manage to do mm. to go through here without taking huge credits or, or uh, coming in bad uh, in, in a bad manner. And uh, so, from my point of view, um, I don't have to complain about the situation because. We pick the best students or the best applicants we can find. And um, to start with the best people you can find is always a good point to start. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. Um, so a lot of the work is done, let's say it like this, or you, you are starting on a higher level. You don't have to start from scratch. And, and mm. so you can balance a few uh, misadvantages you probably have. Yeah. What do you, what do you usually see as the 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 biggest challenge when when students come in i i oftentimes and obviously from my from my background you know talking to a lot of people seeing a lot of portfolios at the same time it's oftentimes this question of art versus design do you do you think a lot of students that come into into Pforzheim, for example, uh, still see car design first and foremost as an art and are then maybe surprised. Oh, design involves much more. You mentioned in the beginning, obviously, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the background of organization, stakeholders that work within the car design industry. Uh, we're talking about budgets. We're talking about decisions that are not necessarily made for the aesthetical point of view, but maybe for a financial point of view. Um, is, is, is that something that is sometimes difficult that, you know, students come in and understand like, oh, maybe it's not just about just, you know, the, the art part of it, but design is much more than, than just art. Yes. Yes. It, it can be an issue, but um, I don't know how this, how the applicants see the, um, the school from outside. Of course, we ask questions and we, hmm. we try to find it out, but it's different. So if you, if you uh, ask different people, you get different answers. And um, obviously in our school, in Pforzheim University, uh, fine arts um, play a big role still. And this is attracting people. Um, and uh, this is the feedback we get that uh, people are attracted by having this relation or this connection to fine arts. And others are not so much interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have to, so the reasons are different and the backgrounds are different. And um, what we have to do, we have to make it clear. And this is what you have been talking about is really important that you can see that design, you are not living uh, um, on, on your design planet and you are only asked to do sketches and then you do your sketches and then you, 
uh, not influencing the whole process anymore. This is not the thing. And what we try to do is first we more or less try to shock the people with a, a reality um, as good as we can uh, in a way that they are still motivated, but their their motivation is then based on the real uh, uh, things they are looking to. And uh, of course, it can be shocking a little bit for, for students. I, I, often, uh, I oftenly say to students, if they have the first um, contact to the students, for, for, in my case, it's uh, in the second semester sometimes, and I say, okay, you are now on the bad side because mm. we are working on products. And if you're working on cars, we are working on products uh, uh, to make people throw away uh, things which still function to buy new things. So mm. we pile up, uh, we pile up a, a mountain of, of scrap and we are part of the system. But of the, uh, on the other hand, I say, okay, if you're part of this system, uh, what can we do if they buy new things that these things are not that bad that other things have been before? Or how can we cope with this problem? And of course, you have to be true about what you're, what you're doing. And I have, you have to tell students that transportation is always, always causing environmental problems. So there's no environmental friendly car in the world. There's no environmental friendly train in the world, but it can be that you with a train, uh, are a bit more environmental friendly than with a car or with an electric car, more than with a combustion engine car. It can be. It depends on a lot of things. And to make them understand the world around them, uh, this is what we have to work on from the very first day. And But our dropout code is not big. So um, mm. not so many students leave our courses. So it's really it's a, it's a really tiny number of students I couldn't tell you a percentage. It's, it's hmm. lower than five or so, and so it seems um, that they can can uh, um, take the blow. They can take the blow of this shock sometimes, and so we we go on educating them, and then step by step, uh, their projects they are doing uh, are always influenced sometimes by aerodynamics. So it's always leaning to the project. So the project is always the red line. So they think about uh, mobility. And then they get this aerodynamics or they get this uh, engineering uh, education or they get all this kind of, of marketing education. And so they can always set it into relation. And it's not like a big wave which is falling over them. So it's coming into smaller waves and they are learning to swim and to not drown into this ocean. And I hope that the problem is making it happen, that they are not mm. losing motivation, but facing the real world more and more and more. Mm. Do you think that in regards to how the courses are structured? So based on this, uh, based on this background that obviously like, you know, design is much more than just a nice drawing, but there's so many factors that go into this. Do you see that courses can or should or will change in the future? Uh, almost in like, you know, in an American style system. So if I look back, I had a, I had a year in a US university and, uh, you know, they have two years of almost like standard studies or so stuff that they can choose, stuff that they can like, like to build a foundation. And then in their third and fourth year, you can choose where you want to specialize in. Now, the German system works a little bit differently. And obviously, all different kinds of university systems work differently depending on where you are. But could you see that maybe design education also goes into a direction of having, especially in the transportation area, a foundation of two years, and then the educators 
the industry, but also the students themselves um, go into specialized directions so that you say, look, you're very talented, definitely go into exteriors or you're in interiors. Uh, 3D modeling obviously comes to mind right away. Uh, color and trim strategy, those kind of things. Do you think that that is, that, that should be part of the university system to help the students to specialize into certain kind of direction? Or do you think that they should do that once they are in the job or once they have the capability of moving into a job the first the first part of the question is uh, doing this basic fundamentals in the two first two years and then go to specializing it so you generalize in the first years and specialize in in the, in the second uh, term of the of the studies this is what i don't want to do and there's a reason for it because i simply do not have the time for it mm -hmm. uh, what i decide to do and uh, so we had a brand new thing uh, um, two years ago one year ago now more or less two years ago I did a, so I did cooperation or we are always doing cooperation project. Not always, but, but, uh, um, most projects running here in our, uh, school are cooperation projects. Mm -hmm. And so in the first semester, they have just a tiny project. It's an experimental one. In the second semester, they have weekly projects. So they have in 17 weeks, 17 projects. And even this design bootcamp, how I always call it, I, let's say, sell projects to industry. Um, sell mm -hmm. is not the right word, but doing corporations about, uh, about one week or two weeks. And this is what we do. Um, and for me, from my point of view, this is really important. So we had in the first semester a corporation with the biggest, uh, um, sports shoe manufacturer in, in Germany. You, you guess who, uh, mm -hmm. who it is. And um, to be in contact with industry because there's some behavior of industry to ask questions, to see, to look at things and, and to communicate things. And industry mostly is not interested. Are these students in the first semester or in the second or in the bachelor's and the master's? They are not interested. They're just working together with them. And to get uh, uh, this training for the students as soon as possible is, is for me important. And it's, because of two reasons. The first is they had to get, they have to get used to it as soon as possible. The second is that they are confronted with a lot of several things, like you mentioned, like with uh, more marketing related or more, more, uh, um, uh, related in, in doing pictures, just showing the presenting things or like 3D related or whatever. So they've first come in, in, in several ways in contact with the whole world. Sometimes mm -hmm. more, sometimes less, but it works, it happens, and it will be named by people from industry. And if people from industry name it, for the student, it's true. If I name it, they always try to find out what he wants to tell me because there's always a hidden agenda, what he wants to teach me. But people from industry uh, from industry don't think like this. Uh, they, they just do it. They just behave like they behave in industry. And, um, and this is what I always want. And so it's easier to have a, let's say, not a full view, but, but a panoramic view of things happening around. And then you can relate it to what, what's in, in your, uh, what's in your mind or in your heart. And then you, uh, uh, can, can really early try to specialize and say, okay, this is what I always have been interested in. And, uh, let's, if I, if there are several doors opening within the semester, so it depends on the project, I will enter this door or this door or that door. Uh, if you're offered, for instance, the exterior or the interior or whatever, then you go through the interior or the exterior door. I use the computer to do it and do a 3D printing and I use the claymore. 
And so you have to confront the students as soon as possible with everything. And then they can uh, freely try to find out what's important. The second, uh, um, the second part of your question, yes, of course, I'm thinking about to, to change a little bit from a project-related, let's say, time schedule of the studies to a portfolio-related Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm working on. So it's not so easy to to apply changes in in the curriculum in the state state school. So this is a disadvantage we have. So I cannot say, okay, from the next semester on, we we change the whole thing. This is mm-hmm. not possible. It has to it has to be. You have to apply for it, and you have to send in plans, and has to go uh, through different levels of decision and so on. But um, this is what I'm seriously thinking about. So that if, if people come to our house from industry and looking for um, looking for designers or lo- looking for uh, young designers for an internship or so, that they can uh, see profiles. Mm-hmm. That both can see profiles uh, or the one can present and the other can see a profile. And not only uh, how good you are, because I see your pro- project work, um, what you're interested in. And uh, from first view, there, there's an overview. Mm-hmm come into room and you see, okay, here, this, these guys here, or this guy is more interested in, in uh, cat modeling, and this guy is more interested in this. Um, so to have this, this additional information and in, uh, intuitively given, this is what I'm thinking about and working on right now. I mean, I find it interesting. How, how, does the, how does the industry let you know what they think they will need in the next few years? Because I... I, I'm personally, I'm observing this very much that at the moment we have an incredible amount of, for example, exterior designers available in mm-hmm. the entire schedule and in the entire world. And a lot of them struggle kind of to find a job. Uh, it takes them quite a lot of time or, you know, sometimes they don't even make it into an exterior design position. Like, does the industry come up to you and say just like, look, in, in, in a few years time, it seems like we need more interior guys or, you know, we need more cat guys that have that kind of capability. Or is it, is it a little bit hoping or like, you know, for you having the, the foresight as well to say, this is what our students should probably do to, to keep these numbers of them finding a job. Because in the end, that's what, uh, what makes the design education, the education so important anyways, is to make sure that these guys find a way into the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To answer this question, it has it would have been much easier, uh, let's say five years ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's getting difficult because the the the, the people from industry coming from industry are not knowing uh, what the future will bring. So because uh, things are changing a lot right now, and uh, the positive and negative about it is that uh, the future is not coming. So it's not like 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 a natural thing that the future has to be made. And um, so the question is, who's making the future? Um, who is just waiting like like the rabbit in, in front of the snake? Mm. So who is this rabbit and who is the snake? And of course, um, we, we have to be the snake, and even in the school. So it um, it's always a question how far we go believing what these guys are telling us. But it's always interesting if, if the, uh, uh, the head of design, like at the latest presentation show, is going, just attending the presentation and see any semester, seeing the work and is, is amazed of the work and saying, okay, I'm an exterior guy. I have always been, but the future is interior. Care about mm-hmm. interior if you can. This is always good because it's just coming without asking. So it's, yeah. uh, uh, he wants to say it and it's a good information, of course. And, but it's not a secret that now 
the focus is more shifting to interior, of course. It has been on exterior too much all the, all the time. And now we, we mentioned that there are passengers in cars right now, all the things around uh, um, uh, automated driving. And uh, kind of they did not care about passengers because of uh, always the drivers drivers have been have been uh, paying for the cars and so you care about the drivers of course but now the passengers becoming more and more important and so now the passengers are there and we have to care about them and now ideas are asked and this is great but it's always good to have this spoken out by an important uh, important uh, uh, guy from car industry but we should underrate what we are able to do because uh, I get the feedback from industry that they say we take in students for internships not only to help them, they help us because mm. they're coming with new ideas. This is a new generation of buyers and this is a new generation of designers and they, they try new things, new technologies, no sketching techniques, whatever, and they come and they show us. They don't know that they show us. They just do it like they're used to it. Mm. Then uh, they, uh, the, the, the guys in the industry say, okay, sometimes it's interesting how they do it and how effective they are. And uh, so we should not be only the rabbit. We should be the snake sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I think it's very important. Like, you know, I'm not just saying that the industry should give a direct, clear direction of like, look, we need this now. We need that now. It's not a supermarket. And, you know, you, um, you, you shouldn't necessarily always put everybody in one basket and it's like, look, this is what we're doing now. But, um, I do see a certain kind of responsibility of the industry to, to share a bit of knowledge and to, to share a bit of where they think it's going to, going to be in the next few years and you know like how things will change i mean you know look in look into the general kind of designer directors or design director positions a lot more are now coming from an interiors background i think you know 10 10 years ago almost everybody went for uh, for an exterior design background to become their design director and nowadays you see more and more people in the top level positions coming from an interiors perspective yeah. and that obviously will have a certain fundamental direction anyways because you know they come from a different background oftentimes these guys are from industrial background or product deck background um as they have graduated 20 25 years ago so that's going to be certainly very interesting and they should they should see their responsibility in my opinion as well just to say like look we're 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 in this all together and they're the next generation and they will they will continue obviously our our heritage that we we are building here and uh we you know they they will understand what we're doing and why we have done things in a certain kind of way but uh it's not just about anymore about exterior or interior everything it's more about a holistic point of view and if we can get the people to maybe do both in the same quality and in the same you know creativity then the, the the better i would say in that sense and i think you know that's the responsibility of um not just the the, the education because i think that's sometimes a bit limited but uh, as you've mentioned correctly if the industry tells you something the people oftentimes listen more than if your mom and dad tell you <laughs> it's just a, you know. yes you're right your mom and dad is the right word for it yes <laughs> um Perfect. Thank you very much, Lutz. I do very, very much appreciate uh, you taking the time. But before you go, and because obviously we, we always have three questions to our guests, mm -hmm. um, you will get these as well. So there's no escaping from them. Oh. And I'll keep them short and sweet. So uh, question number one, feel free to answer it as either briefly or as extensively as you would like. If you could have chosen, you personally, any project 
in the world, creative projects, which one would you have loved to have been part of? Any creative, uh, how, how long I have to think about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's usually, if people ask me that question, it's like, go with your gut feeling and say the first. <laughs> or could you ask me all the, could you tell me all the questions and then I decide that, uh, um, what I, what I answer first? Or I, <laughs> no, I don't want to. We can do that as well. Yeah, we have never done that, but let's do that. So that would be the first one. Okay. Second question. Which for you personally is the most influential designer? You can either have worked with that person or also not. And then the third question and uh, the last one, if you would have any money in the world, which car would you buy? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I guessed it. Uh, influential designer. Uh, so to the world or to me. So it's, um, it's a kind of an interpretation, but I, I've been, I have to say, so it's a, the first I pick. Uh, I've been uh, um, influenced by Frank Stevens, and I have to say, uh, I don't know if it's so. It's always the same. If you think longer about it, a lot of names come into your mind. Of course. And, and but but it, this name is coming into my mind because he, I talked to him uh, a few times, not so often, but, but he he was uh, CM Fordsheim for for um, because because of projects we did together. And I was following his work, and, and you can, and um, he influenced me in several ways because it, it's he's so passionate about design on the on one hand, but on the other hand he can keep the distance to design. So he's mm. um, he can uh, uh, say, okay, let's do things different still. So he was really um, successful with doing things, but it's not a reason for him to say, okay, I have to do it now all the time this way. The next project he's doing is differently, and this is this has been influencing me a lot. And I always uh, tell students take a look to what this guy is saying. He, he's talented and he's um, exceptional. And uh, uh, if you keep to to uh, make your mind up like he's doing his mind up concerning design, then you um, achieved a lot. And uh, so for, for me, it's a great guy. Uh, I'm impressed with his work. The car I would buy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So I have, to, I have to I have to tell you I'm more into motorbikes, but okay, uh, I'll take that as well. I'll take that as well. Okay, motorbikes. Um, yes. Um, so for me, for me, it's not that expensive. For me, one of the the most interesting motorbikes always have been uh, Panigales, Ducati Panigales, and um, it's um, it's a type of motorbike I used to ride, but I um, uh, but. Uh, Design wise, so from from so, so technically, it's not the one I would choose. So I always test ride all these funny uh, all these uh, motorbikes, and uh, and sometimes I'm riding I'm riding other bikes because the characteristic is not mm -hmm. perfectly fitting to me. But design wise, there's no better bike in the world um, uh, from my point of view, and so I would I would keep it like this uh, this and. Uh, if you would see what's standing behind me, it's a huge model of a Ducati Panigale. <laughs> uh, you can never go wrong with it if a designer is, is, is visiting you in your office and this model is impressing everybody. So it's yeah. really yeah. a good design. Uh, the thing with the project, there's a project and I, I cannot really remember where it was, but they are doing, trying to do a city uh, with zero emissions anywhere. I don't know where it is. Toyota, I think, is doing one at the moment in Japan. Yes, in the Middle East, they started the first project. It's in Japan. Yes, you're right. In Japan, let's say, let's, let's keep it like this. And this, this would be for me a project I would, I would love to be part of it because this, the question they ask themselves is, 
if we would start from scratch, how would we do it? Yeah. So if we, if we could change the whole world or, or leave out all the mistakes we have or do not have to carry all the mistakes with us because we can only slightly change things, we now can build a new thing. And, and uh, so I, I would really uh, give my, my right arm to be part of this project. Oh, let's say the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Lutz, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. It's been a an absolutely lovely conversation. And obviously, like, you know, hearing from not just the industry, but from the educational side as well, you know, and obviously from your personal side as well, uh, was absolutely fantastic. And I'm pretty sure all of the listeners, you know, may it be former students of yours. Uh, I know quite a few of them actually are listening to the podcast current student of yours and uh, you know even people that might know you but you don't know them uh, you have uh, you have shared some really nice insights and I do appreciate that very much thank you very much and uh, to all of our listeners thanks once again for listening to the Gestalten podcast and if you have Anything that you want to talk to us about, send us an email, connect to us on social media, uh, as we have discussed, LinkedIn, whatever you can find, email. And if you ever want to connect with Lutz, you can find his contact details on the University of Pforzheim uh, website. I think, you know, you can contact him over there. And uh, until then, thank you very much for listening. And uh, you will hear back from us very soon with another episode and another interview. <laughs>